Welcome to episode 191 of the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Fabio Molly. Today, we are talking about tennis shoes with ASIC's Rene Zanbergen. Rene has worked with Novak Djokovic to develop the latest iteration of the Court FF3. And if you're like Novak and always looking for small improvements, this episode is for you. Rene started working with ASICS 22 years ago. His title is a senior product manager and his role involves working with the world's best athletes to find insights to improve each iteration of ASICS shoes. Rene chats about his role at ASICS. He breaks down the treetop ASICS tennis shoes and what playing styles they are based on. Rene tells us what it's like working with Novak and how Novak helped design the latest court FF3. We then chat about how quickly changes can be made for prototypes, deciding on colors, choosing the correct sole for surfaces, find the right shoe for juniors, and his thoughts on players sliding on hard courts. It's a great episode. Rene is super nice, super interesting, and super knowledgeable. Really hope you enjoy it. Let's jump straight into it. Hi, Rene. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you uh, very well. Actually, the, the sun is shining here in the Netherlands, so uh, quite quite good for, for a day today. <laughs> great. Well, it's picking up here in Dublin as well. And great to have you on. I know we've, we preceded Zoom with you about two years ago. We did an ASICS like Masterclass Zoom, which was our best ever Zoom session. This is going to be audio only this week. So uh, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit different. But that was really successful. So I think this is going to be great. I've also met you in Perth. We met in December in Marbella yeah. at the beautiful yeah. venue in Port Winto, Winto Romano, which was amazing. That was a great, uh, great few days run by ASICS. And yeah, so interest here about you. First of all, I looked at your LinkedIn and it told me you've worked with ASICS for 22 years. That's correct. That's correct. I, uh, I started already in 2001. Um, basically they, and they asked for somebody who had a lot of, um, let's say affinity with, with sports. And, uh, that's also my background. I'm, uh, uh, physical education is, is, uh, is my background. And, um, yeah, from that time on, we, we started, I started in actually what we call core performance sports were so bit, which means, uh, all other sports than, uh, than for instance, running. So, um, I started with the company with that, uh, already working on product at that time. And uh, now, 22 years later, I'm I'm still working on on products. Uh, I have been working on on running shoes as well in the meantime. But uh, now, uh, since already um, I don't know five six years again, back in core performance sports in uh, and especially tennis, um, where I focus a lot on on footwear, specifically working with uh, with the athletes uh, to find the latest and greatest uh, insights um, and build uh, build the best possible footwear, of course. Wow. So you're a young looking man there. So you must start it really early. Did you ever work anywhere else or has it just been ASIC? No, the funny thing, I've always been working for Essex because the funny thing was at that time, I was actually working as a physical educator at, uh, at schools um, in, uh, in the Netherlands. Um, so it was kind of a jump for me as well into, into uh, the, let's say, uh, the abyss almost, right? So uh, I didn't really know what it was all about, but it somehow struck me and, 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 and got my interest. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to try and see what it all, all meant. And, um, what I really love is to, to, yeah, to work on something which helps, uh, great athletes or any kind of sportsman actually to, to become better or, or just enjoy the, the, the sport itself. Right. So, uh, and that is, that is great with ASICS is that, that some of the things we, we really look for every day um, and with our Institute of Sports Science in Japan, uh, 
where we have all our people working in a laboratory for a day in, day out, basically on, on the latest innovations, just to find ways to make every shoe each day better again, because that's that's how we work. We, we work uh, with what we call the Kaizen principle, which is really about continuous improvement. So the next edition of each shoe needs to be better than the latest one. And that is, yeah, that's what's what I find really amazing. And, and that has my passion at late, uh, yeah, as well, that grabbed me uh, a lot. And uh, just finding ways and, and look at the smallest details to uh, to get better every time again. Nice. So you'd no technical background before you started this role? Not, yeah, yes and no, because I, I don't have the, the, the technical background from, let's say, creating a shoe or somewhat, but that's what I've really learned in those 22 years on the job. So visiting factories, working with the, the people in Institute of Sports Science in Japan. Uh, so basically working with the best people ever, like developers, designers, uh, everywhere, right? So uh, but ne- but my real background is about biomechanics, physiotherapy, uh, uh, physiology, uh, all those kind of things which has to do with how people move. And that is that's basically our DNA, right? We look at at every and every yeah sportsman, every person in each and every sport and try to analyze every kind of movement and find ways to to support that kind of movement or help at least uh, the the player to to move faster or or be more stable at court and and that's that's where you need to have that background of of understanding how people move right so um yeah that's yeah. that's how it basically uh, everything got together in a way well wow, that's uh, that's really interesting so today what is your title what am i going to title this podcast episode with what is what do you call yourself Oh, that's a difficult one. I would, uh, because I've actually, my job has changed a little bit. I'm now 40% uh, working for global, which means I, I really now uh, focus on, on working with athletes uh, in, in tennis, especially, but also in handball and volleyball, for instance. Um, so yeah, what, what, what we, would we call it? Uh, it's, it's probably, it's my official, uh, official um, a name is or title is basically senior manager. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, um, product in this case, I would say, and uh, and yeah, it it had, it has so many factors, so many different uh, angles. So uh, it's probably difficult to get to give it a real name. To be honest. So senior product lead, would that be something? Yeah, something like that, because it's it's really about uh, also working with the athletes, not just to to help them with um, making sure the product is perfect for them, but also finding out what 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 could be the next step, right? So to to find those insights which are interesting from a player perspective, uh, where they run into at the moment, and which we could maybe tackle in the future. So what what kind of problems do they still have at the moment? Um, and that is where where I'm I'm trying to find as much as possible information with the best athletes, but also. With with uh, tennis players who maybe play once a week or once a month even because they look different to their products than than of course professional players do. Nice. Okay. So I'm a big fan of Asics. I've been wearing them. Really, I wore them as a young kid. I remember a coach gave them to us when we were. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I was a long, long time ago. But Thomas Enquist used to wear them. And this big fan of his. And then our coach, we sort of, in other words, coaches sort of team up with brands to get deals on shoes. And we got ASICs. And I still remember back then, there was two pairs, like, I'm not sure it was the Challenger. Well, there was a heavier one and there was a lighter one. And I went for the lighter one. So 
I still go for the lighter ones. I think the Solution Speed launched in 2012, and I still remember that was an exciting day for me. They launched, it was a green shoe. They had the first one, and it was like a light shoe. Uh, before then, I think I was playing around with a bit of Nikes, a bit of Diodora, and they always had a light shoe. But then this big shoe came out, and since then, I've been wearing that Solution Speed shoes most of the time. And I still look forward to the new one. So I get asked plenty of times, what ASIC shoe should I wear? And I give my advice on it, but you have three main shoes right now, the high end. So you have the Solution Speed, which is the FF3, I think is the latest one. Is it? You have the, the Gel Resolution 9, which is a bit of a flagship shoe for you. And then you have the Cord FF3, which is the shoe you've personally worked with Novak to help design. So maybe... If really quickly, you can tell our listeners the three main differences between those three shoes and who should wear what shoe, what type of player. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun to hear you talking about uh, Thomas Engfist, actually, because uh, I've been working on the Gel Engfist as well at that time. So that was <laughs> that's quite cool that you were seeing the shoe. Um, no, but talking about the, the three main directions we have in tennis, um, first of all, we, we how we look at tennis is that we, we approach tennis from what we call playing styles, right? So we have three different directions, three different playing styles in tennis. So the first one is is what we call the baseline playing style. And the baseline playing style are those players who are basically most of the times at the baseline moving from side to side, side to side. And they're quite annoying, right? Because those players, it's like hitting the wall all the time because they are so good at it, uh, returning the ball every time. Um, and because they're moving from side to side, the main benefit thereafter is stability in the midfoot area of the shoe. And that is what we offer in, for instance, the resolution. The resolution is our key model for this playing style. So four players who move side to side most of the times. Then the second playing style is what we call the... Um, First of all, um, yes? before you go in, before you jump in. So the, the resolution is worn by... Let's say Berrettini. Yeah, Berrettini, Borna Koric. Um, so those are the players who are really more at the backside of the of the court, right? And uh, they 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 are able to to load up really well because they want to anchor to the ground really well to be stable at the moment they hit the ball as hard as they can. Uh, so they are really the guys who uh, who wear that kind of shoe. And now, of course. Uh, um, um, yeah, with the next shoe, we're, we're also with the Solution Speed, uh, which is built for the all-court player. That is uh, the one who is, is worn by Alex uh, Deminar, for instance. And okay, okay. so back to Solution, I'm jumping, I'm just going back. That's the, your resolution is the shoe I recommend for coaches because I think it's a stable shoe. It's comfortable. It's not too heavy. I think it's got lighter actually over the years. So it's a good all day shoe you can wear and it offers support. So that's the shoe I recommend. Is is that what you'd recommend for coaches too? Yeah, that's interesting actually that you're saying this because we have, as you probably know, our Essex Tennis Academy, right? Where we, we work uh, with a network of a lot of coaches uh, to get also feedback from them. Um, and they are the, the, the one and most popular shoe for them is the resolution because of course, as a coach, you're not moving as much as the players. Um, so you're standing still quite a lot. So then it's really important to have a shoe which is stable as well, because that will give you yeah, the stability while standing and will, it will make sure that you don't lose so much energy or um, get, get other pains or, or issues while you're standing that much, right? Uh, so the, the resolution is definitely a shoe which is, 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 is comfortable, stable, 
and uh, still light enough, uh, especially for uh, for doing your basically while you're giving your practice or while you're coaching um, to do the, the kind of movement that is needed needed. Great. So the next shoe, the Solution Speed, the one worn by me. Who else wears it? So the Minwar wears it, and you've a new female player wearing it now too. Yeah, Belinda is of course. Uh, Benchit is of course wearing it, which we're happy, very happy with. Um, which is actually quite cool because uh, we know from also from her that she has actually been wearing the Solution Speed earlier while she was uh, while she was actually injured. She get she got into the Solution Speed to uh, to get. Uh, back in her game and um and that also now when she she went to us she made her decide to, uh, to to get back to the solution speed because she still remembered that shoe very well that uh, that helped her really well to to get back from her injury so uh, that's of course a fantastic uh, way to start and she is wearing the solution speed and um that is because she is more of an all-court player and and for us that means a player who of course starts at the baseline but then moves more often to the net or at least uses the court um, more in, in multiple directions. And because of that, the main benefit for a solution speed is, is, is lightweight and especially speed, right? So speed is the most important thing. So all technology and benef- uh, all the technology and features we're using for that shoe are um, uh, based on creating more speed or being faster. So um, that's, of course, quite a difference from what you have heard earlier with, uh, with for instance, the resolution, right? Yeah, no, I, I like it because it's light. It, it, I'm not fast, but it makes me feel fast. Exactly. And that's half the battle. It's how you feel. And if you feel better, then you're going to play better. So that's why I really like it. And I like it for other reasons also. But for one, it's the lightness and how it makes me feel. And I don't feel like I have two heavy bricks under my feet. So that's for me. It's definitely a lot more dynamic, right? Because it's uh, especially in the forefoot, we focus on more flexibility. Um, it gives you more energy return. It's a bit more tight around the foot. So that gives also that that fast feeling, right? And that's, that's exactly where people are after for this type of shoe and this playing style. Yeah, in old, I like the tight feel. Some people don't like their shoe tight. Yeah, exactly. And I do. And in, the, in your earlier versions, I actually used to break the laces sometimes because over tightened <laughs> it a few times. And in middle of matches, you break a lace, there's, it's, it's, it turns into a nightmare because you don't carry spare laces. But anyway, it's my, it's my favorite shoe. It doesn't win the shoe of the year. Uh, the shoe that actually won the shoe of the year last year was your Court FF from Novak. So tell us why and does Novak wear the shoe and who should wear it? And then we'll get into how you actually worked with Novak to develop the range. Now, the, the, the Court FF3 is quite a special shoe, right? It's, it's For us, it's the shoe which is made with the best player in the world, um, Novak Djokovic. Um, and the reason why he's wearing it, because it, it is the, the best mix between what we call then stability and, and speed. So in this case, um, um, the, the best of um, what, what we offer in the resolution and what we offer in the, in the solution speed. And it's built for those players who can actually switch between those playing styles quite easily. So Novak is, of course, a player which is just, yeah, it's amazing, right? He, if you see him playing, he, he, yeah, he can do everything. It, it doesn't matter. So he, sometimes he plays more from the baseline. Sometimes he switches quickly towards the net uh, or he's more on top or even in front of the baseline and putting more pressure on his opponent. So that means he also needs to have a shoe who delivers all of that, right? So... And that's where we focus on with the Court of F. We are from the start. We looked at ways to to find to find basically the perfect mix 
between that stability and and the the let's say the the flexibility or the speed and the lightness. I describe that shoe as in race car terms is it's like a proper race car. It's an F1 car. It's stiff. But it's really quick, you know, yeah. if you know how to, if that's your game, if you're playing a lot, if you're really dynamic and you move quick, it rewards you a lot. But f- for me, I find I'm more of a casual Sunday tennis player, casual driver, where it's too stiff. For me, it's too stiff and I don't get, I can't reach its full potential is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So that's why the solution speed works for me. And I find that's I'd love to be able to wear the Novak shoe, but it's like I'm not good enough to wear it. I'm not quick enough to wear it. My feet. <laughs> don't work hard enough so yeah that's 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 what I describe it so how did you obviously you did the court when you built the court ff1 did you work with novak to develop that shoe or has he really come in later he came from the court of f2 basically because we we first had the court of f1 which was if you would compare it now with the the court of f2 or court of f3 it's quite a different shoe um, so from the court of F2, we, we, we started working with Novak, um, and, and really focused on, um, um, yeah, those particular things, right? So we, 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 from the scratch, we, we basically talked with, with Novak, okay, what is important? Where do we need to look at? What are the areas where we, we, we need to offer more stability, for instance, or offer more flexibility, uh, one typical thing I think, which is important for instance, for Novak, if you look at him playing. Sometimes he is almost like a spider, right? So his foot are, are almost like this on the on the floor, right? So it's it's like hitting the surface like this. Yeah. Um, and he's still able to stand up. And and one of the things we then did is, for instance, yeah, having this rubber going up a little bit higher to make sure that when he's like that, he still has grip, right? So those kind of small details and elements are also in the shoe. Um, but then there are also a couple of new things we have been looking at, especially to, going towards the court of F3, uh, where we worked even close with him from concept stage. Uh, so which basically means that we, when we had the, the, the first concept of that shoe, we, we showed it to him, we explained it to him, and he gave us feedback from the start. And then from there, we started moving into first samples, second samples, all those kind of things. He was during each and every pros- moment, he was basically in the process. And that's of course fantastic that uh, such a big player has time to do that with you. And and what I found really cool was that he was he was so much interested into that as well, right? It's it's um it's always difficult to ch- to move um, a player from one shoe to the next shoe because when they are performing well and yeah, Novak <laughs> was performing really well, yeah, <laughs> then it's really difficult to move to the next one. But by working close to him and with him on this shoe and and on those details, it became really, really interesting because for him, of course, he also wants to have the best of the best, right? So he is, uh, when he um, he can build a shoe together with us, which is even better than his previous one, then he got he gets triggered as well, right? So and that is uh, probably the, the, let's say the area where we found each other, like uh, us hoping to get to the next shoe and, and ha- having him on board as well. I feel when he's so invested also, there's a better chance he's actually going to really love the shoe because he made some pivotal decisions in the shoe. How many hours in total do you think you worked with him personally to, you know, to advance the shoe to come up with the final version? Uh, Oh, that's a difficult question because we we had our online meetings. We had, um, I visited him a couple of times as well in like Serbia. I think in total we met 
over 10 times, maybe eight to 10 times. I'm not completely sure uh, also uh, taking the online meetings into account, but yeah, we, um, for instance, when I was in Serbia with him one time, we, we basically were there one and a half day uh, testing shoes and, and explaining shoes. So I met with him on one day. I'm ex- I had like eight prototypes with me. I'm, I explained all the different prototypes because they were all different. They looked the same, but they were all different. Uh, but I, I, so I explained it to him the first day and that, that was that took maybe one or one and a half hour. And I'm not sure, but something like that. And then the next day, actually from the early morning, I think it was around 9.30 when he started warming up. We we started basically moving from eight shoes towards one almost final product or direction. Yeah. And um, um, when I left that day, I explained to him, okay, now you have selected this one. But if there would be one thing which could be even improved, what would be, would be the thing? And he was looking at me like, I thought we were almost there already. And I said, yeah, but, <laughs> but we're going for the next prototype. So if there's a chance to be even better, then we will try. And then he explained a bit on the, let's say, for instance, the forefoot flexibility on the on the outside of the shoe. Um, because he likes his shoes to be quite quite flexible and and um, and and yeah rotate in 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 the good direction right and um so we did so we came back in monte carlo i think it was in april a year ago like april 2022 and and we got back with three samples again and um and what is really great about novik it he he, if I go to him or if we send him shoes the next day or even the same day, he's wearing the shoe. Even if, if it's in front of an, a, a major tournament, we have pictures of him wearing the prototype at Australian Open when he's practicing, which is crazy, right? Because he's playing yeah. such an important such an important tournament. But yeah, he's also so eager to find uh, the best shoe probably uh, as well. That So uh uh, so we did the same in Monte Carlo. I arrived with uh, basically a suitcase of, of of samples again, and and the first thing he did is he uh, he, he put them on, and he, so he stopped his practice, put them on, and and uh, went practicing again, which is fantastic. And uh, yeah, he gave us feedback, um, and then I left, and and even resulting him calling me or basically sending me video messages. Yeah, like a month later, like ah, maybe you think about this or or think about that, which is, yeah, that's that's of course the perfect situation you want to have, right? So, yeah, it's a little bit difficult for me to count the hours, but uh, yeah, in total, uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of time which went into especially testing the product, right? So and then sending us messages or through his management or himself sending us video messages. Yeah, as you have seen in Marbello um, when we did the presentation as well, right? Uh, you've seen the the video message as well, so it's yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's really cool. So yeah, he sa- he sounds like a, you know he's a champion and he's always looking for marginal gains. So if yeah. he can get a one percent gain or even less from a shoe, he's going to be better. Yeah. And w- what's the what's the one characteristic you noticed most from that you were impressed by? So from from Novak, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I think it's the professionalism. I think it's 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 yeah, being so it, looking at probably every angle. If it's about food, if it's about sleep, it's about uh, your practice routine, it's about uh, your footwear, it's about your racket. It's it's. I think if you're at such a level, 
then the only difference which can still make a difference is probably those details, right? So um, because you're already at such a high level, I guess that that is something I've learned from him as well is, is just keep looking at, at new, new ways, new angles, new innovation and, and see how we can improve again, because you can always improve. There's always, um, yeah, a way to, to get better. And, and that's something he's looking at day in, day out, uh, as far as I can, uh, I can judge uh, from the meetings we have had. Wow. And when Novak says, you know, oh, let's make the the toe a bit less, you know, less stiffer. Let's do this. Let's do this. Add some grip. You you get those changes. You communicate with the team in Japan. Is it how long? I know everything is a bit different depending on what needs to be changed or updated. But how quick can they turn around? Do they do 3D printing? How does that side of thing works? Yeah, we do all of that, but of course we try to have um, immediate prototypes which can then be tested again. And by 3D printing, you can show it, but not always test it, right? So it, that's always okay. the, the the thing because um, especially with tennis shoes, because of the lateral movement, it's difficult to, to do something with 3D printing uh, quickly. Um, so what we do and we have in our Institute of Sports Science, Science we have our customization team. And this team is uh, basically in the institute has their all uh, their their own factory, which is is it's a very small factory just for our athletes, uh, where they can do basically anything. So they can change the 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 um, let's say the the rubber compos- uh, the, the composition, or they can change the uh, the design of the outsole. Um, but of course, it depends a little bit on how big the change is, right? So if you want to change yeah. the whole design of an outsole, it means a different mold, and a different mold takes a lot of time, right? So, but there are now new ways that they can do that quicker as well. For so for some of the things, we can react within probably I don't know a week or something, right? So it depends. Okay. It all depends if it goes back and forth to Japan, for instance. Um, that of course takes yeah. longer. Sometimes. Um, um, I can be involved, so I can sometimes help out as well at, at the spot sometimes even. Um, so there are some ways, some things we can do really quick and others which take a little bit longer. And that all depends on um, if you need, for instance, molds to change a thing, right? So if you need to really change the whole construction of the shoe. So for instance, if you look at an outsole like this and you need to change the design of it, that is, of course, something that takes uh, a little bit longer. But if it's about the density sometimes of a sock liner or the density of a midsole, sometimes it can be quite fast. It, um, yeah, it's a, it's difficult okay. to have a, a number of it for it. But we can react quick because we have this customization team. And let's say you've, your shoe go from size 3 to 14. Is there a different mold for each sole? Yeah. Okay, interesting. It sometimes sometimes we can use a mold for two sizes, so for like three and then three and a half. Uh, but also that depends on the design, on the type of shoe, and so on. It's expensive. It is really expensive. Yeah, sometimes it, it, we have sometimes some discussions like ah, then people ask us ah, you can change this, you can change that. But then I explain like yeah, but that means a different mold, so that means a lot of <laughs> a lot of money and price and cost. So yeah. So when you're developing a shoe, let's say with Novak, you probably just worked off his size. Yeah. In general, when you're developing a shoe, 
Is there a specific shoe size you work off? Are all prototypes in size 11 US, let's say, or it just depends? Yeah. Normally we have size nine for men's and size seven for women's. Okay. So, so that means if you're, if you're working for ASICS and you're one of those sizes, you get all the prototypes, you know, you get to test them. If you're not, yeah. you don't. But I have to say, um, honestly, in the old days, we had a lot of samples. Um, but nowadays with digital samples, with, um, we have the chance to, uh, to reduce a lot of that, um, because we also have our targets in sustainability, for instance. So we, we make sure that we reduce the amount of samples as much as possible. And for instance, when we, we make our first samples in the whole process, we try to make them in the, um, in sizes of one of our athletes. So for instance, for Novak, we take his size or for Borna or for, so we, because we want to test, right? So we want to try test as early as possible. And then when we move to second sample or third sample, we often go back to the sample size because that is, um, let's say the most common one ones also when we talk to, um, retailers or we talk to other consumers and so on. What foot size is Novak? He is now 10 and a half. US or UK? That is US. Oh, well, okay. So it's small, small, small enough. Like it, it's not average, average, let's say. But so w- when do you draw the line? When is stop as in Novak? We can't change that anymore. This is the shoe. How do you draw the line? That is, yeah, how I draw. Based that has to, as different, different moments. Many times we have a certain goal, of course, to launch a certain shoe as well. Um, but in the end, uh, so basically it means, okay, for for instance, spring summer 2022, we wanted to have, or the 23, we wanted to have the new Cord FF3, which means it needs to be in the stores from, let's say, January 1st. Um, and, but that then means that he, um, Novak needs to practice with the shoe in the final stage, basically from November, right? Because that's the moment when they start changing the shoe. But of course, already a lot earlier so from uh, our first meeting on the court of f3 was already uh, around 2020 so which was really early right uh, but then we had covid as well because so that extended a few things mm. um but yeah we basically decide uh, as soon as we we are clear like okay the shoe is ready with with novak as well then we say okay now it's ready and uh, of course we can always keep changing but um, at some point, we, we also say, okay, now it's like 99% ready. Okay, now we can set the launch date. We can set, we make, a, make sure that it's, it's ready for that time. And basically for us, it means going working backwards, right? So we know spring, summer, it yeah. needs to launch. That is 1st of January. That means it needs to be ready then. That means we need to have our final meeting with Novak then, and so on, and so on. So my last meeting with Novak was in November 2022 at the ATP Masters um, okay um checking basically the finals final shoe yeah you're like no more changes no yeah. no more changes yeah that was quite a quite a like like exciting let's call it an exciting moment uh but he was happy so that was good that was good and are you working have you done early works on the let's say the fourth version of this shoe is it already in progress? We are actually now moving into that direction. So the Court of F4 is um, is now up for, yeah, I think it's not now yet, but soon we will start talking about the shoe as well again. So on the first, let's say, concept and 
how to move forward. Uh, yes. That's crazy. You put all this work, get the shoe over the line, you get a little break and you're back on it again. But this year, so in December for early this year, you launched the Resolution 9, you launched the the Corded F3 and my shoe, the Solution Speed FF, is it two? The latest one is three or two? The one that's out now. Thing now, now you you get me, now you get me positive. I get confused, all these numbers. But when is the next, when will I expect to see the new version of that shoe hit the shops? So that is uh, now uh, scheduled for for the uh, basically next year. So it's, um, okay. yeah, so, that, uh, so now it's the resolution, right? And then the next summer, we're going to aim for the solution speed. So we're quite, quite ahead already. It's, it's basically done. Okay. Uh, so we're doing the last uh, type of testing as well, uh, moving into the final product. Uh, so I've been testing with Alex, for instance, a couple of times now, um, and we're basically heading now for the final product and then testing hopefully again with, with Alex uh, during that time. Uh, but basically, so end of this year, November, that's the moment when those athletes who move to the next solution speed get the final product. So they have the month of November to get yeah used to it or to basically pre- practice with it so that they're ready from 1st of January to use it for Australian Open, for instance. Nice. So Lindsay said she'd send me a prototype earlier, but now I know why she didn't or she couldn't because they don't have my size. So it's quite useless <laughs> to me without the size. But so, so yes, that's, that's really interesting. Let's just talk about it. a few other questions that some people asked me. Uh, first of all, how do you pick the colors? I know the new, there's a resolute, there's a solution speed out now. They're high gloss pink. Yeah. And, from feedback, some people really love it, and some people are like I'd never wear them. Who makes the decision with colors? So the decision is um, we make basically as a team, of course. But um, we have our um, yeah, what we call our trend agencies where we work with who predict colors as well. Um, it's sometimes funny because sometimes you can see some kind of colors like the pink, for instance, which has been launched in haute couture or in fashion shows already two years before, right? And then slowly it moves to sport. It's quite interesting how that how that develops. But what we always do is we have our what we call our um, let's say seasonal colors. So and one of those seasonal colors is especially with those key styles are uh, very striking. So we have one uh, color which is yeah really out there, right? Uh, like the pink mm. one in this case for the resolution. Um, and then we have a second color which is a little bit more let's call it conservative or a little bit less uh, crazy. Uh, for those who didn't like the pink one. And then we have some many times a, what we call a core color. And the core color is basically a white version or a black version. So those colors will work for most of the people as well, right? So you have, basically you can choose between three colors and most of the times um, one of them will work for you. Um, but those seasonal colors are this season very trendy or popular and then the year after you will see new seasonal colors right or the the season after so in autumn winter we will have new colors for the solution speed which can be quite different as well nice and let's talk quickly about court soles how important is it that players wear the right soles on the right surface so you have a hard court sole you have a clay court sole i know you do grass court sole but you can't buy them which is frustrating for a lot of people But how how important is that people wear the, the right sole on the right 
surface. Uh, it, it's if you wear the wrong sh- wrong sole, it basically you it it could mean you're wearing the wrong shoe in general, right? So it what what it means is that the whole benefit you're after from a shoe could disappear or is 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 hardly there because the outsole creates the the, the traction, the grip, which is one of the main features of of each and every shoe in tennis because you can imagine when you're moving around in tennis um the body weight is going to the left side but you actually need to go to the other side right you need to to switch quite quickly and all of that can only happen if you have the right grip coming from the shoe so if you would slip or if there's not enough grip coming from the shoe then it means that you cannot move properly and you will be too late to get the ball or you will be even worse. You you could end up getting an injury or any, anything like that, right? So wearing a clay court shoe is, for instance, very important because it allows the clay to go in the outsole, but when you move around, it, it actually drops out of the outsole again. Um, if you would wear a hard court outsole, for instance, on clay, what happens is that the clay will go inside the outsole and it stays there. So it, it basically collects all the clay. So you get a smooth surface underneath your shoe, which in the end means you will you will start slipping and you will, yeah, you will just have a lot of problems um uh keeping your grip and 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 yeah, uh hitting the ball in the right way, keeping your balance, all those kind of things. And it's also the other way around. You could play with a hard or a clay quartz outsole on hard court. You, you even would have grip in the beginning, but what will happen is that the, um, the outsole will wear out really quickly because it's a, a bit softer and it is, it is yeah, it, it has a different shape, right? So it, it, it has little of a less um, control with the ground. So it, there's less contact with the ground. And because of that, uh, it will start wearing out quicker. And because of that, it will become more slippery as well. So again, you lose balance. It will be more difficult to reach the ball, to be quick, to move left and right and hit the ball in the, in the right way. And you don't have the pivot points on the hard court, have the little pivot where you can turn on your on certain parts of your foot, isn't it? Exactly. And, and even if you look at clay court shoes, the design are for basically all of them are the same, right? You have this, this waffle pattern in the outsole along the whole outsole. If you look at a, a, a very good outsole of uh, for hardcore, you will see that the design is different in, in all kinds of angles. And that is because on the medial side fringe, you need to have more control while turning. On the, on the outside, you need to have more control when you're moving back and forth. So there are different designs in the outsole to make sure you get the right kind of uh, grip and traction while you're playing. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I do, clay court shoes are actually quite nice. They're always that little bit more comfortable and you sit a little bit higher as well. Uh, there's something about them, but you're right. If you wear them on hard court, they're not going to last long at all. No. Next question, juniors. Uh, we have a lot of parent listeners here, a lot of younger listeners. What tips do you have for them to help them pick the right shoe for their kid? Is it just just pick a colour they like or yeah. what's important? No, I think it it it. First of all, find the right size is really important, right? So to make sure that the foot is, is comfortable inside because uh, also with kids, when sliding or when moving side to side, the toes will hit basically the, the bumper of the shoe and that, that could give some yeah some problems, of course. Um, 
make sure that the foot is is comfortable inside. So um, nowadays you sometimes see shoes where they have this midsole, which is made out of the same material as the outsole, which means that the shoe becomes very stiff. Um, so the foot needs to be able to move very, very, yeah, let's say in a very smooth and comfortable way. So the flexibility, for instance, in the forefoot is very, very important because the toes needs to be need to be able to move around in the right way because the the foot of the of of course of kids are growing quite fast so they need to have enough space enough room to move around easily but also the shoe should be able to flex in a very easy way because um if it's too stiff uh, yeah the foot cannot develop well and you cannot move around well so you you will not have enough traction so that is something you, which is is very important for the for the yeah for kids footwear and then lastly is is probably the the stability in the midfoot area which they where they need to have enough support so not too much support but enough support um to to yeah basically have the foot move in the right way and and efficient way and they're all your three the three main shoes are they available in kid sizes no we we have the uh the 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 game gs we have the the resolution gs um which are our our kid shoes at the moment um and those are the ones which are yeah working really well because with kids you're not talking about playing styles yet so much right they still need to develop that playing yeah. style it's more about having a comfortable uh let's say stable shoe for them so the resolution kits is really really strong for them um i would yeah that's probably the, that's for us our best kids shoe at the moment um uh, offering the right kind of balance instability and 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 comfort in this case because yeah that's that's very important for kids that the comfort of the shoe is really really strong nice and my final question rene is a question that i've been actually mean to ask a personal a trainer strength and conditioning coach every time I post a video of either a junior or a top tennis players sliding on a hard court people are like their knees their knees when you see you see Novak or any or Diminoir sliding on both sides on a hard court one how do they do it from your technical side and two how does it make you feel yeah for me it's it's interesting because it means that there's a there's a new need right so there's a new need yeah. for probably um, a new direction in footwear or new uh, technologies which we should use to enable them to slide in that way um as comfortable and uh, in the best way possible <coughs> excuse me uh, because that is uh, something what is just happening nowadays right it's um we already know for quite some time now that especially the younger guys and also now more younger female players sliding in hardcore is like normal. It's it's not even uh, so. In a couple of years ago, it was maybe one or two who sometimes did it, and maybe sometimes just because it happened and not really on purpose. But nowadays, they're so strong in their legs um, that they can do it basically whenever they want and they do it uh, often uh, i talked to uh, to borna for instance uh, on friday and he was also explaining and already thinking ahead for the us open or hardcore season coming uh, later this year um, talking about the resolution like uh, did you think about this did you think about that because i'm sliding a lot and there will be something changing inside the shoe and of course that's true right the 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 the, the strength or the power or the the energy which goes through the shoe is changing because of that and 
that makes it interesting for us. In the beginning, we were also like, oh, I hope everything goes well because of, of that sliding. But now it becomes mm. interesting to develop that shoe, which works really well, offering the right kind of traction, but still be able to slide, right? So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting angle for us, for sure. It's crazy. It's re- yeah, I, I, every time I see a video, I'm like, how do they do it? The amount <laughs> of force and they need is, is, is crazy. But, yeah. Rene, thank you very much for jumping on. You're uh, I'm excited. Actually, I will be, so this is, th- when this goes airs out, the next day I'll be joining some of the ASICS guys at your house in Paris. So I'm looking forward to interviewing some of your athletes then, which we will have in future episodes of the podcast. And yeah, thanks very much. Great speaking to you again. Hope to see you in the future. You're very welcome. It's always, uh, always fun to talk about uh, these kind of things. And if there's any uh, other questions... I hope to hear as much as you as much as you want. Really hope you enjoyed that episode. Rene was super nice and knowledgeable. I'll be back next week. Until then, get out there and play some tennis. Bye.